Okay, just let me know when to begin. Eh, whatever, whenever. Special mini okay. dispatch because we won't have an official episode for a bit because fuck it, holidays. Yeah. But here's a little bonus thingy of something me and Rob saw that's bizarre. That's right. It is the Squatch Watch. <laughs> I, I do like and, a good uh, Sasquatch movie, but um trouble is there usually aren't any good ones. I mean, you have Harry and the Hendersons and then everything else. Get out of here. We don't want you anymore. Yes, and this is decidedly in the everything else, but in such a weird way. Oh, yeah, just introduce, what are we talking about? Okay, so, uh, yeah, uh, I'm Rob, this is David, and uh, we, you know, something a little uh, little wacky came on uh, Netflix a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we both decided to watch it because uh, it has an amazing cast and yeah, kind it, of a ridiculous premise. Like a- it, it, it's like uh, almost a Coen Brothers or Michael Bay movie cast. Yeah, so the, the movie is Pottersville. It's a Christmas movie directed by Seth Henriksen, who I don't know has done anything else. He, he's well, not – it. No, he, he spells like, his name differently, like so writer. it's not It's not Lance Henriksen's son, which would be amazing oh. because then he would be oh. in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, he probably would have been in the Lovejoy role. Or Ian McShane. Yeah, yeah, the Ian McShane. Oh, that man. I mean, as much as I like Ian McShane, and Lance Henriksen is like a crazy mountain man. Yeah, it's almost too easy of casting. Yeah, so this is, yeah, uh, despite the movie being named after, like, the alternate universe uh, bad town from uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, this doesn't really have... Oh! Yeah, that's where the name comes from. I've, despite it being on every Christmas, I've never actually seen It's a Wonderful Life because what? it's on every Christmas. What what little bits I've seen, like, I haven't liked at all. So I just, at some point 20 or so years ago, I just, or actually probably tw- almost 30, 25 or so, I, st- I just protest, like, I hate this movie. It's on every Christmas. I'm never going to watch it. Oh, man, Merry Christmas, you old lamppost. Yeah, I like Jimmy Stewart impressions. I don't give a shit about Jimmy Stewart. Cause I, I mean, it, have I seen anything with him in it? I think I've seen, is he in Vertigo? Yes, he's in Vertigo. Okay, I think I've seen Vertigo. That may be the only movie. He's I've really good in Vertigo. Hmm. Um, have you seen, uh, American Tale 2, Fievel Goes West? <laughs> yes, he's in that. He is, I think he's, that might have been like his last movie. Oh. I mean, he was, he lived a long time. He was old. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's my filmography here. I, I swear. But yeah, he's in that. He's in It's a Wonderful Life. Um, I also recommend, um. North by Northwest? I, oh, no, that's Cary Grant. Oh, that's Anatomy of a Murder is good. Hmm. And yeah, American Tale, Five Goes West, his last movie, 1991. Oh. He yep, played, Orson Welles. Uh, he played a Wild West dog sheriff. <laughs> sure. A- anyway, th- so this the name of this movie is taken from a movie I'm never going to watch. And mm. it's like, this is, in a way, this is kind of like the alternate universe version of that movie, in that everything's <laughs> off and wrong. So, I mean, I think what drew us both in, I mean, this is kind of stuff you're into the movie. Because well, it, it's, it's set and shot in. Upstate New York, where you live. Yeah, um, 
Hamilton, New York, I think, which is about an hour away from me. It's kind of closer to Syracuse, but not, and I go to Syracuse every once in a while. It's more east. So it's in my area. I, I think I first found about it from uh, Ron Perlman's Twitter when it was mentioned there because he's in it and his he produced it or his production company made it or something. Yeah, he produced it and his daughter's in it. Oh. Um, and it's got a cryptid in it, and and I know you love cryptids. Yeah, yeah, they they are amusing. I I do like a Sasquatch movie. Like I've said, it's like I've seen so many of them. Very few of them are actually good. Like the the, the range is Harry and the Hendersons, which is great. It's a comedy. It's probably the best looking Sasquatch in any movie that I've ever seen. And, and to the other end is like uh, your Boggy Creek Two, which is only sort of a movie. And then this also has like a ton of amazing, high, very intense character actors who are weirdly yeah. in this mostly harmless Christmas movie. So in, in the lead, we've got Michael Shannon, uh, who almost always plays some kind of maniac. Yeah, like most of the things I, I've seen him in, um, the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, this whatever that crap, Azad, which was fun. He's a villain. Um, uh, oh, what's the Boardwalk Empire? Boardwalk Empire. He's great in that. I, I need to get back to that. I got stuck in the first season. Need to get more. It was great. Um, one I, movie. But yeah, that... anything I've seen him in. He's he's kind. He's either the bad. Oh, I need to see Shape of Water, where he's supposed to be super bad guy. <laughs> yes. Um, another thing that I recommend. Uh, not a lot of people saw this. Premium Rush. It's got uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt oh. as like a bike messenger. Yeah. And Michael Shannon as like this degenerate gambler, crooked cop who is after him. And he's just Michael Shannoning it up all over that movie. It's great. <laughs> yeah, which it, it's kind of understandable why he's the lead in this because he's almost always the bad guy or the tough authority figure of some effect. So having him as a lead, a softer character, it's like it's something he'd want to do. And Trouble speaking is he doesn't of tough- work. Yeah, speaking of tough authority figures, we've also got, again, Ron Perlman playing the town sheriff. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, Ron Perlman does, like, Ron Perlman is in a ton of movies. Yeah. And you've also got Ian McShane from Deadwood, and I think, like, what, one episode of Game of Thrones? One episode of Game of Thrones. I mostly know him from Lovejoy, which I would see back on PBS when I was a kid. Okay. Which is British, sort of, detective art thief kind of stuff. It was okay. So it's hard to associate him with his actual name. I always just think, hey, it's Lovejoy. Okay. Because Lovejoy is a funny name. I thought maybe Lovejoy was the name of his character on Game of Thrones. No, uh, I don't remember. He's Aren't there a bunch of guys named Lovejoy on that? Uh, Greyjoy. Greyjoy. He's he's not a Greyjoy. Okay, then. It's close, but not quite. Yeah, and I mean, these are all kind of like, you know, if these guys are in a movie, they're usually murdering somebody. <laughs> well, not not Ron Perlman as much. But Ron Perlman Shane, is often like, murdering people. Guy, well, yeah, but he's, he could be the Hellboy murdering Nazis or something. Well, yes. He's not. He's he ranges more from from hero to villain than, than these other guys like. Ian McShane, I, I don't know if he's really played... Well, in Game of Thrones, he's he's a good guy, kind of, mostly. He's reformed. Yeah, yeah I mean, but, he's yeah, kind of... Except for Lovejoy, he's kind of a creepy dude, usually. I mean, he's very anti-heroic on Deadwood. Like, you, you sympathize with him, but he's also a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's kind of, that's, you know, that's kind of his deal. That's sort of his deal in John Wick, too. Oh. Yeah, oh yeah, John Wick. He's great in that. Yeah, he's a, he's an evil, he's a, you know, uh, he runs a hotel for assassins. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> and, uh, you've also got Thomas Lennon, uh, from Reno 911, uh, The Which State. I, and, uh, I know it. I know him from Reno 911, and I think he's the producer on the At Midnight show on Cartoon ne- or uh, Comedy Central. Oh yeah, I think he was involved with that, and he's uh, uh, he was also in uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction. Oh, I've forgotten so many actors that were in that. Thing. He's like the chief of staff or something. He spends a lot of that movie with Kelsey Grammer yelling at him. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, he's I've enjoyed him in things. I, he's not great in this movie. Uh, he's kind of probably the worst to... part in this movie, kind of. Yeah. Like in in Reno Nine One One, he's perfect because that's a pure comedy, and he's over the top, like every other character yeah. in this. In this movie, he's over the top. No one else is. So yeah. Uh, and in the terms and in terms of female leads, we've got two uh, perpetually underused uh, female actors. We've got Judy Greer, who I love. And almost never gets a chance to do much. No, I, I've seen her as the mom in like three different movies. Oh, she's always playing somebody's mom. Uh, <laughs> yes. And she, I mean, she's not anybody's mom in this, but she might as well be. Pretty much. Well, she's she's momming at Michael Shannon to a degree. It's like, oh, honey, you need yeah, I mean, to take more so care funny. of yourself. She's so funny. She's so funny and she almost never gets a chance to do, I mean, you know, her, her best role really is one where she's not on screen in uh, Archer. She's fantastic. <laughs> well, she's good in um, the Arrested Development. Yes, she is. Kind of That's a true. Joke, but uh, well, I mean, everybody on that show is a joke. But she is very funny right. on that. And uh, you've also got Christina Hendricks from uh, from Mad Men, and uh, also I've... from Drop. Sorry, from what? Uh, from Mad Men. And oh, uh, she's also in Drive. Oh, I haven't seen Drive. Right. Oh, I I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else in. This is a really bad sampling of her acting ability. Like, really bad? Yeah, she does not get... I mean, she spends much of this in um, a rabbit suit. Well, it, it, costuming is a bad... Like, there's two moments in the entire movie where she feels like she's actually acting. One, when she wants to go talk, see people talk about the Bigfoot like she wants to fuck Bigfoot. And then at yeah. the end, when she's uh, hitting on Reno 911 guy. Yes. Bunny hat. Yeah, it's those are the two moments when it feels like she's doing something. I mean, she she's excellent on Mad Men, and I think she brought back like a sack full of Emmys for being on it because she is very good. Well, that's good, but of uh, 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 it, oh, the acting in this movie is just odd. I, odd. And also, you've got uh, the aforementioned like uh, Perlman's sheriff's deputy in this is played by Ron Perlman's actual daughter. Oh, she actually, like, there's, in this entire, I don't know if this movie is supposed to be a comedy. It It's also, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a Christmas movie. It kind of is nothing. But, like, yeah. I think, I think she was one of the moments that, like, there's, like, five laughs in this entire movie. Yeah, she actually is pretty funny. And, uh, thankfully for her, she does not really look like Ron Perlman that much. <coughs> no, no. This isn't a Brad Dourif, Fiona Dourif situation. 
no, 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 no. That that that's that's like it, it, we we made a clone of you, and it's a girl. And I'm, I'm, she's just uh, she's just Brad Dourif's X twenty three. Yes, where's uh, Ron Perlman's daughter? I I didn't know he was married. I didn't know he has I, kids. I think takes more after her mother. Probably. Anyway, so our plot here, we got. Uh, I'm I'm not even going to learn any character names here because it's just the actors. Got Pretty much. Well, Michael okay, Sh- there's, there's one character name that I remember because it's the worst. Michael Shannon's name is Maynard. Yeah, Maynard. Maynard, Maynard. Grieger. I, I have not heard the name Maynard since reruns on Nick at Night of, uh, what was it, Dobie Gillis with Maynard G. Krebs? Played by Gilligan himself. I think, isn't the guy from Tool named Maynard? I don't know. I don't know shit about Tool other than I can't watch their music video because they're too weird. Okay. And yes, uh, Maynard James Keenan, which is weird because he was not born with the name Maynard. He voluntarily became a Maynard. <laughs> Why? He did not have Maynard thrust upon him. He sought it out. It's weird. Yeah, so Michael Shannon, well, just actor names, sure. <laughs> yeah, so weird. Michael Shannon is like a kindly small town general storekeeper and he, you know he's such a nice guy he lets people buy stuff on credit um, in a town that is dying like like the familiarity think, of a town that like half the stores are empty i know that that is upstate new york yeah. but but like he's just so weird and like the reason the town is is like in an economic slump is because the mill just closed yeah what year is this movie set in <laughs> How I mean, I I think this, I kind of wonder if this script has been like bumping around for like a decade and a half because the, a lot of it centers around like a sort of a crocodile hunter parody, and he's yeah, been well, dead no, for like ten years. Kind of, well, it's also a general parody of any like ghost show, paranormal shows, like my favorite, like Destination Truth, where the, the guy just takes a camera crew and goes out into the middle of nowhere, sort of sightseeing, but eventually tries to find a cryptid or something. Well, that's true. All the, but the, Michael or, uh, Thomas Lennon's performance is very Steve Irwin. Yeah, it's, yes, but intentionally bad. It's like, yeah. like his Australian accent is so bad, it's like, well, that has to be fake. And it is, which might have been an interesting twist if it came earlier, but it's not a twist because it's so obviously a bad accent. Yeah. It's just... Why? I I get the feeling like this script was written like two decades ago. And like every five years it would be rewritten to add another plot element and like a new character. And each time it would change genre and make less sense. Yeah. Because like the whole Tom Lennon stuff like feels like a completely different movie. Yes. So yeah, he's, he's this small town shopkeeper. His only employee who is blatantly in love with him is uh, Judy Greer. Which, like, at first I thought they were married, like the way they were talking, and then, like, Ian McShane comes into the shop offering fresh meats he killed in the woods, but he's hitting on Judy Greer, and it's like, wait, are they maybe hitting, what, who, what is the relationship to anyone? It starts, like, there's no footing other than Michael Shannon lives in a sad town. Yeah, Michael and uh, Ian McShane is like a local woodsman, and he sells him a bunch of meat, and he also leaves him behind some homemade moonshine. <laughs> yes, which like 
that's one of the more interesting parts that, that like, it's Ian McShane. It's this British guy who's just this mountain man. It's like, how did he end up in his town? What is his story? How I mean, he he's... became the woodsman of this town is way more interesting than what happens in this movie. I mean, Ian McShane only kind of sounds British. It's kind of the same accent he was using in Deadwood when he was like supposed to be in the the old West. Yeah, but it's still obviously he has some kind of accent. He's got some kind of accent. Upstate New York. Uh, admittedly, yes. I don't think anybody in this. Well, I mean, Ron Perlman's got a New, New York, York accent. accent. Yeah, he's he's the closest in his daughter. Everyone else is is. Eh, I guess it works because I don't actually know where can my... vary from. Like me in a slightly Jersey, or it's really thick mountain man. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, Michael Shannon he decides, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go home early, gonna make uh, some of these elk steaks for my wife, because uh, she really likes them. So he gets home early, and I mean, you know, anybody ever comes home early from work in a on TV or in a movie, they're about to find something they wish they hadn't found. And yeah, this is kind of like a good outcome of that. No one is dead. There isn't walls painted with blood. Well, I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on this because what he finds is his wife, Christina Hendricks, and the local sheriff, um, Ron Perlman, uh, mid yif. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's some form of yif. I don't know what the exact term. Well, because we don't see what they're doing. They're just sort of standing up in these not great. Costumes, they're sort of mascot costumes. I guess the head on the wolf is well done enough for a mascot. But it's, it's... I mean, did I hear that they had like actual, like local, they called up like your actual local fursuiters and had them? Oh yeah. Work yeah, on later this? in the movie, there's, there's some really good fursuits from people, I, I think they were actually from New York somewhere. Okay. Possibly. I mean, you know, casting call furries. Yeah. No Nazis. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so right despite uh, despite Ron Perlman's insistence that nothing sexual is going on, they're just sort of rubbing against each other. Um, and also, Michael Shannon really insists that uh, Ron Perlman is a squirrel, even though he is clearly a wolf. And yeah, that like that on paper that was written as a joke, but Michael Shannon cannot pull off the joke, and it's not that good of a joke to begin with. No, Especially like, I the like, way the suit looks like. I like Michael Shannon, but this role is entirely wrong for him. Yeah, I, I, like, thinking about it, like, if they swap him and, um, Reno 911 guy, and don't do the shitty accent, it would be a better movie. Oh man, Michael Shannon's just like an intense Bigfoot hunter. Yeah! I think that could work. Like, he, he could actually do some comedy in that with his intensity. Yes. But like, as it is, like, Michael Shannon is not a funny man. I, 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 he's a good straight man, and I think he can be funny when he's like terrifying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the, the problem is that he can be terrifying by just a slightly different music cue. Like, there's one like about an hour in the movie where it's like they're playing music where he could he's about to snap and murder somebody, especially when Judy Greer is finding out <laughs> what he's been doing. Yes. Like, she's about like, to die. Yeah. So, he gets super drunk on this, you know, so she she takes off. She says, you know, she needs more excitement in her life. So, I guess he just, like, sort of moves into his store. Or, no, he, that happens later. He just, like, leaves. Yeah, yes. Goes to his and store, leaves, gets super store. drunk on, that, on this moonshine. Like, 
he's drunk in such a way that normal humans are not drunk. Like, there's like movie drunk where you're like overacting, you're, you're stumbling, you're accentuating because drunk people don't usually look drunk oftentimes. Yeah. But he's gone so far that no drunk person has ever been drunk like this in the history of time. So he decides, hey, my, my life like, likes furries. Well, so he, he puts on like a gorilla costume he has lying around the back of the store. Well, he has a, a hunting ghillie suit for going to the woods and blending in and stuff. Right. And and there's a gorilla mask in a ho- box of Halloween stuff. Mm. I I kind of like that it's a really shitty costume he puts together from Although scraps. That d- but that's not going to make sense of what's happening later. So he, yeah, just. No, it doesn't. He puts also, this why on. does he have a ghillie suit in the front of the store? I mean, that, that's not, you might buy that at a hunting shop. You're not buying it at a general store. I mean, I guess there's so many, there's so few stores in this town, they just have to sell everything. I guess. He's become so he, the hunting store and the grocery store and then the, the hardware store. <laughs> so he puts this on, and if this were like any other Michael Shannon movie, the next scene would be would be the, uh, the local paper with the headline, Gorilla Murderer Strikes Again. <laughs> yeah, like, the, that, like, the, him exiting and if it had gone to, like, a different scene, this would be a fine, like, Twilight Zone episode, where, like, he just goes mad and kills somebody, or wakes up and he is a gorilla or some shit. But it, it, then the rest of the movie happens, and it gets so much weirder and dumber and worse. Yeah, so he but you know, goes on a mo- very low-key rampage, where he's just peeing in fountains, or no, drinking out of peeing fountains... And just sort of bungling around, and next morning everybody's all, "Hey, we 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 saw Bigfoot last night." Yeah, so somehow, like, not only everybody is is saying they've seen Bigfoot last night, like even the stoners and old grandmas and stuff, but somehow a news crew has shown up the next day after this shit. Ha- like, why? I I can understand like everybody's talking about it, and then a news crew shows up days later. But even in the middle of nowhere, like, it's going to take a while before word gets out. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it went viral on on the internet. Look, yeah. Here's the thing. I can understand that if someone had taken a cell phone video of the Bigfoot and put it online, that's not what happens. No, it doesn't happen. Because, again, I think this script is like from the George W. Bush administration. <laughs> Probably. So yeah, it becomes you know a whole thing, and uh, May- and Maynard's all, hey, oh, this uh, this this gorilla thing's helping the town, so I'm gonna keep doing it. And so the the local Bigfoot industry, you got people selling Bigfoot merch in his store. You got Bigfoot tours. It's like was it yeah, like a Bigfoot this, hot dog stand or something? Big, big yeah, foot the, the Bigfoot foot long hot dogs. It, it's like okay, I could see the germ. I could see where there was a good idea for a movie here. Like right. it's spurning on the industry of the town things are coming back but then the rest of the movie happens yeah because this is also attracted the attention of brock masterson yeah that day again okay which okay fine you're accelerating things go more into the comedy it doesn't well the brock masterson kind of does try to be comedy but it, it's why why and then why? it sort of just becomes a thomas lennon movie yes like that's like movie number two, which should be movie number three, but it's 
doesn't belong in this movie. Because the Michael Shannon stuff is so dry and serious, with occasional, oh, ah, it's funny, the sheriff's a little weird. And then, and then Reno 911, Michael Lennon guy, comes in and just, it, it's half his movie, but I don't give a shit about that half, because it yeah. isn't good. And so, yeah, the, the, like the next half hour slash hour is, is, uh, Brock Masterson, uh, Ron Perlman, and Ian McShane, who in a scene, they introduce him to this hunt in a scene that's just a total ripoff. Well, it's a parody of the introduction it's, it's of Quint it's in like Jaws. The beginning of it is pretty much word for word, and except for Bigfoot instead of shark, and, and then it just yeah. goes, like he's scratching a tiny, Okay, I kind of like the part where he's scratching a tiny, like, chalkboard that has, like, the day's specials. Yeah, that's But then the fact that he he continues into the Jaws dialogue, that I don't like. Like, if it had been something else after the chalkboard, that would have been a good joke. And there's a whole bunch of dicking around in the woods. Um, You got... And before too long, it's revealed that Brock Masterson is a total fraud. He's not even Australian. And he's just doing this along with his uh, producing partner, who is the only one who knows his secret. And is that his girlfriend or wife or something? I don't know. I, I, I no, I don't think so. It's hard to tell. They, yeah, they, I mean, they might have been together, but not really. Well, because Christina Hendricks hits on him later, and she, he's all into that. Yeah. Actually, she hits on him earlier, too. It, it's, no, but, uh, like... Ah, oh, why? And 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 when we do you find out pe- his real name at the end, like it's the most Jewish name I've ever heard. It's like Rosenstein or something, right? And he's from Long Island or something. Yeah, somewhere in New York, and a very Jewish name. It's like, why? What? Why is that the punchline? It it in the year two thousand seventeen. Why is being Jewish the punchline of this Austria? What? Especially, oh, I mean, Thomas true. Lennon isn't Jewish. No, he doesn't, and, and he doesn't. Well, I guess he could be Jewish in a movie. He just doesn't look. Well, yes, Jewish. but I mean, yeah, he looks more Australian to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's Irish, I guess, or like Irish American. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. So he he was shipped off to uh, Australia. <laughs> to I mean, there are a lot of Irish people, like Irish and Scottish people, in Australia. But uh, anyway. Um, so yeah, they're just dicking around in the woods. They hear coyotes. Somebody, I think it's Ron Perlman, gets shot in the butt with a tranquilizer dart. Yeah, which, again, on paper, hey, that could be funny. Not really. Not in the movie. Um, at one point, they blunder into a gathering of the local furries. Which, it, again, that, that's a pretty good point. It's like they wander into there. We see actual good furry costumes, not shitty mascot costumes. That's kind of nice, and I kind of appreciate that. Like, it's not shitting on the furries completely. Like when Michael Shannon finds out, no, I mean out his, Christina Hendricks wife... is kind of a bad person, but uh... yeah, she's she's a bad person, but it, it's not made out that it's really weird. It's just like Michael Shannon's like, "What's a furry?" And it, then later, it's more uh... the confusion to him, not the fact that they're furries. And, and it, in the furry party, like, Ron Perlman comes out to Ian McShane. It's like, I'm a furry, and I'm glad to be. I'm proud of it. And it's like, okay, there, there's something in there. Like, 
there are better movies in this movie than what are this movie. Like, if Ron Perlman's character had been the main character, like, he gets caught with his friend's wife at the beginning, and then, like, he's goes soul-searching throughout this movie, and someone's, like, there's a freaking Bigfoot, and then he finds out it's his friend whose yeah, wife I think, he cheated I think on a, with. I think there's a good Wes Anderson movie to be made from this. Yeah, like, it's, oh, it's, why? Why is Michael Shannon the main character? <laughs> And uh, at, at some point, you got Ian McShane waving a gun at furries, demanding to be told what a furry is. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you got Christina Hendricks pitting on Michael Shannon or on Thomas Lennon. Hey, she can act. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if more of the blame is the script or the directing because they both seem to fall flat on their face so often. I mean, I th- I think it's the act. I, I I sorry, I think it's the directing because this director has never directed anything and these actors have all been good in other things. Yeah. But but a lot of the material isn't good and like I wonder how much of the the Australian shit is improvised. A lot of it kind of feels like I that think way. A, I seem to recall a lot of it was improvised. And so, yeah, they're they're doing this um Back at the store, uh, Judy Greer has discovered the gorilla suit and put two and two together. Oh, oh, okay, that that is the best shot in the entire movie. Like the face acting she does when she's realizing, oh shit, he's he's the Bigfoot. Yeah, that 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 should be her Oscar reel. <laughs> her <laughs> eyes widening. So she, you know, she tries to very subtly tell. Uh, Michael Shannon, you know, don't go out there because, you know, Ian McShane will shoot you, like, with an actual gun. Yes. And, I mean, a couple times we see, you know, uh, like, montages of Michael Shannon's rampaging. And this people are close up to Bigfoot. And it's so obvious that it's a bad gorilla suit. There's no way these people think this is a real Bigfoot. Yeah, I know. It's – that's so – I mean, okay, the stoner guy maybe an old lady who has bad eyesight. Sure, but it's like – how no like it would be more interesting if they were playing along with Bigfoot and then like this TV guy shows up and the entire town has to fake it. Oh, oh they're trying to fake again. Oh, it's like better a, movie. Yes, that is a better movie. I'm trying to think of a movie with that exact same plot, but I can't I, think I know, of it. Offhand. I know I've seen something like that, but maybe it wasn't Bigfoot. It was something weird. I probably knew yeah, those or some crap. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. But I, it, or it's like. An episode of The Simpsons. This kind of feels like a rejected episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. It feels like, like Homer gets drunk at Moe's, wanders home, <laughs> ends up in a gorilla suit somehow. Oh, shit. I think that was a Simpsons episode. I think that might be a Simpsons episode. And Maybe not I mean, a gorilla I'm, costume. I'm kind of confusing it with that X-Files episode oh. where Mr. Burns is, like, radioactive. Yes, Mr. Burns. That's what I was thinking. Man, and that... Okay, so it's like an X-Files episode and Simpsons got mushed together. And they well, I mean, remember, remember that is an episode with like actual David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson on it. Oh yeah, man! I remember where they're investigating. Episode. That's a good episode. Yeah. Moe's trying to clear that orca out of the back of his bar. <laughs> Again, like this movie, like it, it doesn't know if it wants to be serious or comedy. And it's failing at both because it can't pick a side, and it is so not a Christmas movie, except for one scene where a child is decorating a tree and says, Merry Christmas, Bigfoot! Otherwise, this could happen any time in the winter, because there's a lot of snow. But other than that, yeah. it's, 
bizarre. So anyway, uh, Ian McShane ends up shooting Bigfoot, puts him in his truck, again, does not realize that this is a person in a gorilla suit as he's loading him in. Well, he, he he's the only sober one of the three. He has to realize this is a shitty costume. There's there's uh, no getting around that fact. Like, Ron I mean, Perlman's high on uh, tranquilizers and moonshine, and yes. fake Australian is high on moonshine and crazy. Yeah. So they just take him to the center of town, and, yeah, Judy Greer just takes the mask off, and, yeah, it's just Michael Shannon in a gorilla suit. Yeah, and oh, so, and, and there's, there's a spot in there where, like, um, uh, what's his name? Reno 911 guy is filming himself with, with a little camera on a stick while trying to do the Bigfoot stuff and all supposedly funny shit is happening. But when they, they drive up there, Ian McShane has that camera and is aiming it into the back of the pickup as if he's filming something that will be important later. But no, that, that scene doesn't have anything to do with it. Why is he playing with the camera? Yeah. It doesn't come back. It, it's this movie like there's too much shit, but not enough. It's like like an entire act was lost there. Yeah. So uh, Michael Shannon is accosted by the angry townspeople, and uh, and the furries, the furries, and the furries, there. and uh, and Th- and Thomas Lennon says that he's going to sue the town somehow. For like, like no. hundreds of millions of dollars, so the the town is ruined. Well, the town's kind of ruined anyway if they don't have a Bigfoot. But now, like, now, now they're they're the legal ruined. things doesn't make any like it's pure hyperbole. But the, the fact that he's apparently actually trying, it's like you could you could sue Michael Shannon. Oh hell yeah! There was no way you're getting millions of dollars. There's no way you're even out millions of dollars. How much does your show cost? Michael to Shannon produce? barely has tens of dollars. Yes, he doesn't have any money. You you lost one episode of a show, which probably doesn't cost anywhere near that. It's probably a couple thousand. But okay, you're not even paying for a cameraman. It's in. just one guy. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so uh, Judy Greer calls it. You know, he's he has to close the store. He's going to move out of town, and so Judy Greer sort of meets with everybody and says, you know, hey. Listen, he was just trying to help the town, and look at that, that ledger where he was keeping all your cre- purchases on credit. It's it's blank. Which, this is a chance to make a joke. Like, the ledger is blank that she shows. What if later out we find out Michael Shannon actually was writing down? <laughs> it's like, oh, but, oh, you got the wrong ledger. That's the new one. I haven't started that one yet. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, says, nice. it says 2017 on it, but thanks for the cash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So everybody chips in money. This is sort of where the low-budget nature of the movie shows through because they don't have, like, fake money or even large amounts of real money. Everybody's just leaving singles like it's a uh, like this yeah, is a strip just, club. Also, it's like everyone has, like, a wadded up, like, 3 to $4. Dollars. Like, yeah. How many people keep wadded dollars in their pocket? Some people do, but, like, most people, like, have a wallet or a purse or something, not this crumpled up, wrinkled piece of pa- – and it's probably like the same $5 over and over again. Yes, all the extras had to bring their own money. <laughs> oh, that's how the production company raised money. <laughs> that was the first day of shooting. Yeah, so, ev- you know, so everybody apologizes. Uh, Christina Hendricks apo- uh, also says that, you know, she's going to take Michael Shannon back, but he says, no, no, I'm, 
you know, you you want to do your own, you know, yeah, you know, you want to have a, an adventurous, exciting life, and I'm just this small town shopkeeper. So you you go and Which, do your thing, and also Judy like, Greer is obviously in love with me. Yeah, like that. That kind of feels okay. Uh, Christina Hendricks' character isn't a great wife. She isn't shown to be good throughout the movie, but like, nah, I'm just gonna leave my marriage because fuck it. It's like what? It, it seems like a little bit of a rush. I mean, this movie is only 84 minutes long. Yeah, it's short, thankfully, and like 10 yes. minutes of that is credits. And uh, anyway, everybody discovers that Thomas Lennon is not actually Australian, and he gets bodily thrown out of a television sh- out of his te- out of the television studio. That happens in a montage. Yeah, it's it's like when he gets thrown out of the network. All we see on the sign is network. It's like Uncle Phil tossing jazz out of the house. <laughs> and then Michael Shannon and uh, Judy Greer buy the the old mill and make it into a Bigfoot museum. Okay, that's fine. Although most small towns turn like an old mill or a factory into a mall. Of some kind for little shops, but there are no shops in town. Yeah, no, so. I mean, he's not opening up competition for his tiny shop. <laughs> a no. mall, he'd be, he'd be ruined. <laughs> and then just before the credits run, uh, we hear the distant roar in the distance of the real Bigfoot. Yeah, again, uh, like, if there had been a real Bigfoot in the background of this movie, that would have made it more interesting. Yes. But no, it's just a, oh, you don't think. Uh, yeah, especially since, and like, I, they, okay, they had the sh- their own shitty mascot costumes. They had, they brought in actual furries with good costumes. If they paid one of them to make an awesome looking Bigfoot costume, there's more movie. Oh, that's a better movie. Yeah, th- there's, like, one rewrite, and this could be a fun movie. Yes. But and, the people uh, in charge didn't give a shit. So I'm just going to mention here that, like, this is shot, and it has the terrible, cloying musical score of, like, one of those Hallmark Christmas movies. Well, that's that's kind of... Well, it's not actually really a Christmas movie, but it's trying to be with the soundtrack and, like, the opening credits where everything's um, serifs and thingies or what... No, not serifs. Um, handwriting, whatever. Crap. Yeah, I mean, I mean Cursive, this is the kind of movie that should be on at like, you know, on a Sunday at December afternoon on the Lifetime channel and it should star Lacey Chabert. Yeah. But instead but it's, it's got an A-list cast of like recognizable character actors who wanted to have and, a vacation in upstate New York. And also there's there's like a en- enough mature content in this that it probably wouldn't fly as one of those. Yeah, it, it's not really mature, but it's edging enough that, like, you're not getting on the Lifetime channel, probably. Well, they No, they're, they're not showing yiffing on the Lifetime channel. <laughs> there was no actual yiffing happening. There was no fur pile. Implied yiffing. There might have been a little bit of scritching going on, but I think that was it. <laughs> I mean, listen, those, those movies barely have any non-white people in them. You're not getting... Although, of course, this movie has... Uh, one non-white person in it, and it's Ron Perlman's daughter. Well, and, and um, the producer. Oh, right, right, right. Like, and I guess there is the like local news anchor is Hispanic. Oh yeah, and oh, and one of the guys that the the has this scheme to make all the t-shirts and shit. Oh right, I forgot about those guys. Yes. So yeah, so, so, so like, there's a significant portion of the secondary cast that ain't white. 
Yeah, that yes. logo on Lifetime or Hallmark. <laughs> so I, I'm thinking this is like like Ron Perlman. You know, he was talking to I don't know James Caan or somebody because that's definitely somebody who Ron Perlman would talk to. And he was mentioning you know every every January, uh, you know, well every December they show Elf a bunch of times on TV, and then so in December or sorry in January I get like a big residual check. So Ron Perlman's thinking, well, you know, I've never been in a Christmas movie, and I probably never will be in a Christmas movie, but if I make a Christmas movie that I'm in, and then I get a bunch of people who will also never be in a Christmas movie, although that's a lie, because I think Christina Hendricks is in Bad Santa. Yeah, um, Judy Greer's probably been in some sort of She must be in a Christmas movie. Well, uh, technically, Jurassic World takes place at Christmas. Uh, Oh, but she's... Not on the island, so that doesn't really well, count. Well, no, but it's still Christmas, not in Jurassic World. Well, you know. <laughs> Christmas. Oh, oh, man, that would have been so much better if there were Christmas decorations everywhere while the dinosaurs were going on a rampage. Oh, man. <laughs> That's another I mean, movie that could have been better. So I'm, I'm thinking Ron Perlman, he gets, uh, you know, uh, Judy Greer and Thomas Lennon, both of whom were on an episode of Archer with him. Mm-hmm. And he gets... Uh, um. He gets – who else was he in something with? Uh, he gets Michael Shannon, who I'm guessing he met at, like, Guillermo del Toro's Christmas party. Yeah, they probably met. And, you know, so – and it just sort of gets them into this scheme. Hey, we're going to – you know, we're going to go to uh, upstate New York for a couple of weeks. We're going to make a mo- movie, and it's going to be on TV forever. Yeah, also, like, it was partially funded or made because of a uh, college up there. Ah. Yeah, the, 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 their film school or some shit. So yeah, this this movie so is it might be is, part tax dodge a little bit. I could see that too. So this movie is not good, but uh, you know, listen, it's you know, it's the holidays, it's the holiday season, and <laughs> you know, you you're flipping around Netflix, maybe you want to watch something dumb, and you you're settling on either this or uh, Bright, that movie where Will Smith oh. teams up with an orc. Yeah, I, I I haven't heard good things about that. Plus, uh, it was also written by uh, Max Landis, who's uh surprise, surprise. <laughs> He's kind of a shitty guy. He's a bad person. So, yeah, yeah. don't support He's that movie. He's a bad movie, person who know. occasionally writes good things. Don't. Yeah, so, make, you know, watch this. If You know, if you must enjoy something, if you must hate watch something, you know, you're just giving money to, you know, Ron Perlman, who we all love. And it's it's under ninety minutes. You're not it's under ninety much. minutes. Just get Maybe some eggnog, put a little t- something in that, relax. You can fall asleep to it. It's fine. You're not missing much. So, yeah, that that is Pottishel. Good lord, what a strange movie. I have no idea who <laughs> this is for. I I don't think it was for anyone. It's just let's make. It's some- like it was written directly for people to make comedy bad movie podcasts about. Yeah, like, oh, p- part of this, to a degree, is like, it almost feels like it's a parody movie. Like, th- this would be a trailer in something else. Like, <laughs> the trailer for this movie is better than this movie, because, wait, what, Michael Shannon, Bigfoot Furries? What? Oh, this is definitely a movie they go to see on Seinfeld. Yeah. It even kind of has the generic title of a movie they would see on Seinfeld. In, in Cinema 1, Sack Lunch. Cinema 2, <laughs> Rochelle Rochelle. Cinema 3, Pottersville. Yeah, but the, the title doesn't fit this movie, really. Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go see uh, Death Blow instead. Yeah. 
death blow. When someone wants to blow you up, not because of who you are, but for different reasons altogether. Uh, anyway, so that is uh, that is Pottersville. That is our holiday. That is it for our holiday specials. Uh, we will be back in the new year with the end of Transformers Animated, and for our Patreon uh, supporters, a uh, a, a special episode about uh, some Star Warsy kind of movie that uh, you may or may not have seen. Yeah, we'll be talking about a movie that everyone has seen. It's like, what more yes. can we bring to it? I don't know. It's uh, just going to be us making porg noises for uh, for about an hour. No, that's that's. Oh, you win. That's that's pretty good. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, it's, it's more of a pained bird noise. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that's, that's the noise that they made when uh, when Chewbacca started eating them. <laughs> but he didn't finish. He murdered and cleaned and killed it, but he didn't eat it. I think he must, uh. he probably still ate it. Well, he probably ate one before. How that. could you not? Yeah. Oh God! Look. So I mean, he's just... Chewbacca. It's taken more than one porg to fill him up. Okay. Spoiler for our, our when we actually do the review on Patreon. This new movie series, one of the best things about it, it makes food look delicious. We, we had that rising muffin in the last one. Oh. Here we got the porg. Oh. Oh, so what did you Well, maybe not the milk. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> so until then, I'm Rob. And I'm David. Okay. Okay.